Hey everyone, this is Amani Mamalushin, and I am super excited to have this conversation about earth birth and conscious conception, which is one of my all-time favorite topics. Many of you might not even know that about me, but I do have five daughters that I talk about quite often, and I haven't really dove deep into the aspect of birth and why I feel that this is such an important topic, even more particularly during these times than ever, because I think the ways that we bring souls earth side and how we consciously conceive whatever it is that we're birthing is so important. And I really dive deep in my book and a chapter um, just on birth. But for me, everything centers around this. And I was really delighted to meet Christina, who um, just moved to Texas in Wimberley, where we've been staying. And we got some amazing body work from her and found out that she's also a mother for intuitive healer and coach, but that she had and shares such a similar vision around birth that I do and had some actual experiences and amazing birth stories. So I wanted to have her on to share her birth stories and just plant some seeds for others that are tuning in on what's possible on the ways that we can actually birth whatever it is that we're creating during these times. So I think this is going to be a really inspiring conversation. So I'm really excited to have you here, Christina. Aww, I'm I'm really excited to share my birth stories. Anytime I have the opportunity to share my ideas and visions about how birth should look or what I think it is, you know, the most optimal birth, um, it's always such a beautiful experience. So when we were sharing, we um, I think there's going to be some terms that we're going to talk about that maybe most mm -hmm. people aren't aware of. And one of the things that I want to point out is that um, birth and uh, medicalized birth in a hospital is one of the main ways that women and children that are coming into the earth are indoctrinated into the program that many of us are trying to deprogram ourselves from. So we talk about this in a lot of other areas, but not everyone takes it back to that moment of not even birth, but con conscious conception. Um, one of my mentors mm -hmm. was Janine Provardi Baker, and she wrote the book on conscious conception. She was a, a midwife. Um, she coined the term free birth, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, I learned yeah. about lotus birth through that. And obviously in choosing to have all my babies born at home, like you did, and even to the, you know, what we're going to talk about is unassisted free births. Um, that is such an empowering experience, but it leads to other empowered decisions that we made as a mother and the way that we raised our children, not getting them vaccinated. I mean, homeschooling them, yes. you know, attachment parenting and all of these things. But we're going to start with that, that initial kind of, choice, right? Our decision to actually give birth in the way that we did. So I would love for you to share, probably starting with your first birth, right? But um, even what led you to that point in your ideas around birth, like who influenced you? What, what, what yeah. wisdom was coming in for you? Yes, uh, it was, there was definitely absolutely no influence, but my intuition, because my perception of birth was hard and it was, you know, my mom went through C-sections with all of her kids. It was traumatic for her. It didn't feel fluid. It didn't feel natural. You know, when she would tell me her birth, she would be like, you were, it was terrible. And they had to cut me open. It was emergency C-section. And I'm, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant um, sort of conversation when I went into it with my mother. And I really didn't have any influences in, in relation to the, the topic of birth. 
but I had spiritual teachers prior to going prior to finding out I was pregnant. And so the influences were just, you know, it isn't specifically, oh, you know, when you get pregnant, you should free birth, or when you get pregnant, you should do instant birthing. But to me, when I found out that I was pregnant with Jaden, uh, I first off was scared. I was 24 and I, I had, I was married, my partner, but I was scared. <laughs> and I, the idea of having a baby, not that, not at the idea of birth, because when I found out I was pregnant, I thought, oh, I, I'm just going to do this at home with Gabriel. We're just going to do this. We're, we're going to do this. Intuitive. It was, and I had, you know, honestly, up until that point, I hadn't even heard about free birthing, about unassisted birthing, about orgasmic birthing, lotus birth. I had no idea what any of those things were because honestly, in my mind, I thought, I don't know if I'm going to have children. So I hadn't researched it. I didn't understand it. So what I did was at that point, I just said to my husband, I said, we're going to do this at home, you know, no no midwife, no. Oh, I didn't even really know actually what a midwife was at that point. No, no assistance. I, I love it, I Christina. We, our stories are so similar. I literally <laughs> download that I needed a midwife and I had to go look up what a midwife was. I had no yeah. contact and it was just the pure intuition. So I, I think this is like the gem in, in sharing our stories that, you know, because now there's a lot of stuff out there, but when we were having babies and my there was three decades ago, you know, and that there wasn't, it was pretty underground. Um, and there's, there's a lot yeah. more out there now, but women are making, mm -hmm. still making choices that are on the op opposite side of the spectrum. So, okay, keep going. <laughs> so I, then, you know, I looked up, I, I looked up what, um, I thought in my head, the word unassisted birth, that, that was what, because I thought, well, I don't want anyone involved. So what does that mean? You have assistance. Okay. Unassisted birth. So I looked that up and I found a video of a woman having an unassisted birth. One woman. I mean, that's literally the only thing I had found. This was, I want to say, so my son 13, so almost 14 years ago. And, you know, I, I started just kind of searching, searching for something. I did not find much. I found some stuff, you know, it, it was, there was some at that point, I believe, you know, where it was like, okay, there is people doing this, not a lot. And then I kind of Googled, oh, how, what's the percentage of people who choose how to do birth at home? And there was like no percentage. Like, it was like, Unless oh, by accident. The world. And that's it, right? Yes. But in America or the, the modernized world, you know, <laughs> so I, and then I just started kind of, okay, I book called sacred birthing and I read it and it had a lot to about conscious um, con conception, a ton. Um, it talked about where the man is at, was that you know and i truly did not consciously concept the first time for sure it was like oh what happened you know like well how are we pregnant now oh i guess i see what happened um so but we were in a space of love and i think that to me is a part part of conscious conception you know it's about being in a space of love it's about feeling connected to your partner, feeling connected to him, feeling connected to you. It's it's making a baby. I mean, you could say making a baby out of love. 
you know, it's the, that would be like, people say that it's like you, you were made from love or, you know, like it's, it's that sweetness. It's not, um, you know, cause there's obviously tragic ways that babies can be made, you know? So, and, and that can affect, um, I think it can affect the baby you not even it's conception right it's like the egg the sperm that you know it's but that matters because it's energy and it's it gets imprinted in to that baby so so anyways Jaden um Jaden was such a, a beautiful birth like birthing experience but more than that was an amazing pregnancy experience so I I treated pregnancy like it was my um nine, 10 month, uh, transformation immersion into womanhood, essentially, you know, I, I was, I, I went through it, you know, but I consciously went through it as in, I, you know, it wasn't perfect. Sometimes I was screaming and uncomfortable and, but I think how you are, so just like conscious conception, how you are during your pregnancy matters. How, how you treat your pregnancy, you know, whether you choose through issues when they come up or not will probably determine how your birth looks also. And I don't think people are, are considering all that. People are just, no, like my uterus, my this, my hips don't open my, you know, all these excuses. And I'm not saying those aren't valid because they get created hundred percent. Those things get created, but I believe there is conscious choices that you can make along the way that lead you to a desired experience. And one thing you have to do is step outside of fear because birth can be super fearful. It, it can be, I mean, cause you're, you're, it's life or death. You know, it's like this, this child could die. I could die. You know, these things come up. It's like, how could you not go to, you know, some of the things that I, when I told, I hid that I was doing unassisted or free birthing, or I, I hid it because Gabriel and I both felt that if people knew that it was my first child and I, I'm going to do this on my own, you know, it, it would, how could you do that? How, how, you know, we didn't want projections. So we just kind of didn't say anything. We didn't lie. We just kind of, oh, we're not, you know, we're figuring it out, you know? And, and so, um, cause people don't see, they see honest, especially then I felt maybe a little less now, but it was irresponsible to, to choose to engage in something where you're not, you don't have a professional overseeing this massive thing in your life, you know, which is birthing, you know, you don't have a professional person going, Hey, Oh, you're dilated. You're this, the baby's heart rate you know, and there was after the fact, a lot of energy of like, you're irresponsible. You know, how did you, why did you choose even after, you know, telling my family and things like that, or friends that was irresponsible. How could you do you did that? You know, <laughs> and, um, but I had faith because I knew I was doing the things I needed to do to align my vibration, to align my body, to receive that birth naturally at home without anybody having to be involved. I knew that. If you don't know that without a doubt, because I'm sure you agree with me, you're not going around going, free birth, everyone do free birth. <laughs> totally agree with you. It's about being in that alignment for sure. And what your, what your mm -hmm. internal mindset, your program is that you're, you're running 
from whatever. And it is an opportunity. I mean, to me, it was a rites of passage also. It was so empowering. It was a reclamation of my body as a woman from trauma from my childhood. I didn't have anyone influencing me in a positive, natural birth mm -hmm. kind of way. Uh, everybody, you know, you know, my my story is at the last minute I was I had was going to a birthing center, which were starting to become mm -hmm. popular three couple decades ago. So I thought that was a good step because they had these nurse midwives, you know. Yes. And, um, but I went to the kind of visit to the hospital. I had been taking a natural childbirth class with a midwife, which was amazing and really connected with her. And then went to the hospital tour and the, the nurse midwife said, you know, uh, epidural, God's gift to women in labor. And I was like, what? Like, and, I, and then just being in the space, I was like, I, I just walked out there and I, and I told my husband at the time, I was like, I, I can't do, I can't do this. And so I called the midwife and said, we're, we're going to, we're going to do it at home. But it was that just everything mm -hmm. was not in alignment. The frequency of being in that environment actually felt like it would recreate trauma or like be a trauma. Yes. I had a similar, so, so funny. We, we have similar experiences here in that I actually had to go. So in where we were living, California, you had to go and prove that you were pregnant to get a birth certificate. Cause we looked up cause we were, you know, somewhat responsible in that way. We were like, okay, if we want a birth certificate, how would we get it after we, you know, we were thinking ahead. So uh, we had to go into a midwife clinic and kind of almost pretend because they really wouldn't take you at that time. They're like, you had to go in and go, Hey, I'm thinking about using you kind of thing. It was, you know, cause we tried everywhere. We're like, Hey, can we come in? We have to prove that we have a, we're, we're in a pregnancy here, you know? And they're like, uh, prove you're a pregnant woman. Like, don't you need assistance? You know, they were looking at me, these midwives, like I was crazy. So finally we're like, you know what? We're just going to go in, play a game because that's what they're wanting. You know? And we went in to a midwife clinic and I was, I felt trauma come up, you know, where probably my birth, you know, it was emergency C-section. Let's get her out. Is she okay? Is she breathing? Like it was very like, <laughs> like that energy, you know? And I went into the room and, and the midwives were nice and all, but they were, it was like an energy of, oh, we should draw some blood. I'm like, I don't need blood drawn. Okay. Pee on a stick. Okay. This. And I'm like, this resembles a lot of like a lot of what I don't want about, you know, with, with my birthing experience and my pregnancy experience. I went through the motions. Did you ever read Suzanne Arms book where she kind of broke down like how, you know, as women go into the hospital, literally from that moment where they take them, yeah. and put them in a the wheelchair. Right. And so it's like creating these sets of things that leads women to that, kind of what I would call victimized or tra traumatic birth, even if the women, I mean, I, I did labor support after my births because I was so empowered and I wanted to empower other women and mm. witnessing other women's births in hospitals was, was traumatizing for me, um, which I had to stop doing because it, you know, as a woman, you do have to um, mm -hmm. stand up for yourself. You know, they say, well, have labor support or your partner, but, but there is something about the will, right? And as we learn about sovereignty more and more, um, it's really comes down to this sense of will and what we're willing into existence, mm -hmm. like what we were creating in our minds yes. of how we were going to give birth was such a big part of, of my, my process too, that it was so determined to have. Yeah. Know, it was the biggest part, you know, yeah, for sure. Cause, and, and it's not, it's something, yes, you can teach, you can teach that, but 
if a person's not willing to surrender and step outside or work through, not even step outside, work through the fears and traumas and all the things, you know, path. it's not like you have to be perfect. You know, it, it's not like you have to be this, wow, I'm, oh, I'm so evolved. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to make a choice that you, when things come up, you are making a choice to work through them. You are making a choice to see yourself. Yeah. People don't want to see themselves so right. a lot it's, of the time. It's definitely the, the biggest process work we can possibly do, right? Everything comes up in birth that you haven't dealt with. <laughs> mm -hmm. Pregnancy too, you know, like. Pregnancy, can, absolutely. No, I love that you yeah. said that the pregnancy, You, I mean, and doing labor support and seeing women. I mean, and I know you've mm -hmm. seen that too, where you see um, when you don't address things and you don't do it, that they do show up at birth. So whatever your biggest fear is, yeah. if you don't address that, that's going to be show itself, present itself in that that birth. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I love that you did an unassisted birth, that you had that courage and intuition because you brought up the fear because there is the fears that come up, especially yeah. if you don't have anyone actually that has had that experience to yes you, it's okay because we do know like even another woman sitting in a room with an, a woman giving birth is going to have a better outcome just by having that support and that that yes presence. so it's amazing yeah. that you just kind of found this and really trusted yourself enough to like really pursue that i know there were some books that came out on unassisted birth because i'm about a decade or so ahead of you or 15 years so a lot of my friends came out with these these books after, but still, it was not a wide stream. And even in the home birthing community, no. people would say, like when I when I first heard Janine Provardi Baker, I had had I had already given birth to my first daughter with midwives, and when I heard her talk about free birth, I I thought how irresponsible she is telling people that telling them <laughs> that they don't even need a midwife. It was so like, and I was in that home birth had just had an amazing empowered experience. So uh-huh. Really Midwives were the worst. It's <laughs> right? in pro projecting how bad you were to want a free birth. I had midwife people that I knew and friends, and they were actually the most, I mean, not midwives are amazing, but they at the time especially, they were the ones who projected the fear and projected, you know, because what they did was so important, you know, and that nobody could do this without them, you know, sort of thing. Okay, great. You're choosing, you're, mm -hmm. they were a conversation of, you're not choosing a hospital, you're choosing us and we're here to support you. And I, that experience with that midwife, you know, it, it was like, it was that energy. And then after I had told them that I had done a free birth when I came to do it, because you had to also do a checkup on your child after to prove you had a child. So to get the birth certificate, which we don't and really want these days, but still, you know, no, but yeah, I mean, right. it's, it's a toss up, right. To, well, to exactly. operate in love. That's a whole other um, story. Yes, it is. But so, and I remember walking into the birth certificate office because you had to make an appointment and sit down with an awesome person that was there. They they would make you go, hey, so what happened? How did you, oh, you accidentally had the baby at home. And I, I remember thinking, should I just say yes? <laughs> because you know, it's like, is that easier to do? You know, as in life, I didn't. I said, no, we had a free birth. And, um, and he's like, what's that? And I'm like, we just chose just not to have anybody assist us with birth. 
And, um, you know, everyone was always shocked. I mean, it was one of those things that you could always get. It was a party trick almost. Like you could get like a, what? what? And like then the, the questions would come. Okay, wait, the first- tell, tell the story. <laughs> I, you got to tell the story of where you gave birth to your children because this is where like. Oh, where- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so J- Jaden was in in an apartment uh, that we lived in in Marina del Rey. I mean, it was an apartment with like you, just everybody around you. You know, it wasn't this like, oh, I went out to swim with dolphins and I rented a home in Kauai or, you know, like it was not that. It was a crowded apartment building in Marina del Rey, California, you know. So um, that was Jaden. Um, and I was screaming in the middle of the night, you know, and, and so, but it, it wasn't perfect other thing it wasn't this like scene that I created that was so perfect um Galen uh a month before I I was gonna have her I just I ran to Texas basically because I said I cannot have this see this is the thing okay let me address something there you choosing had I chosen to have her in LA the experience may have looked different you have to follow your intuition you have to be connected yeah, to I, mean, I love that the just the way that even the location of where you had the birth had played in because I think even making the decision yeah. and yes, we would all love to give birth in the ocean with dolphins and that's like, you know, dreamy. And and I used to show the videos of the water babies and all the women that returned to the Black Sea and gave birth uh, in the ocean. But but yeah. I, I love that you're bringing kind of the reality to it, but also yeah. this instinctual knowing of what our souls are speaking through us, right? That's in life in general. So across the board, right? Like I was really good at it at birth from the beginning, but I wasn't always great at it just in life in general. But if you follow that intuition, if that's just like a practice, that is just a practice in your life, then life becomes more fluid and life becomes more wonderful. And you're in the flow. You're not working against a current, right? Of energy. So I feel that second birth with, with my second one, Galen, my daughter, my first daughter, had I have not chosen to follow my heart and my intuition, maybe my birth wouldn't have looked the same. Maybe it would have been so wonderful and pleasant and all these things. So I went to Austin. We, we had no place to go. Wait, we just pick, but you left out the piece of how you picked Austin. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yes. So, you know, it came... And I'm sitting in the car, I'm feeling like I felt so much anxiety in that moment. And I'm sitting in the car and I went, where do I go? And I thought, Austin. And so I put in the Austin in the the phone and it was like, the numbers were like two, 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 two. This is how long it takes me to get there. And the miles were very similar. There was twos everywhere. And I thought, oh, that's it. I got to go to Austin. So of course, you know, I tell my husband and I go, okay, we got to go to Austin and have this baby. And he was like, what? Okay, let's go. And see, that's the thing to address that having a supportive partner yeah. um, is incredible. I mean, especially when you're first choosing to do this, I think you build a muscle in a way when you do it once, then you're like, oh yeah, I got this, you know, and, and mind you, it is always equally as, I don't want to say scary. It's not scary. It's equally as, Oh, that like that feeling of like, I have to align myself. I'm good. I'm going to align myself with this. And that never changes with all four. It was the same. It was, it was just different. 
Um, but a supportive, support. yes. But with um, my husband, he was supportive. He never, if you have a, if you have a husband, just to kind of address this, where he, you know, I had a friend who had a husband who was very against even a home birth with a midwife, right. a very close oh, friend of mine. Yes. Right. And she said, no, I'm doing a midwife. And I said, oh, I don't think this is a good idea. Well, what happens? She ends up in the hospital with a C-section. And it's because his reality, and I hate to say it, but it, it for me, because she certain was clear she was going to do. And I, when I looked at her apart from him, it was clear. But then when I looked at him and I read the, the space and the energy, I thought, oh, no, he's so scared. And so... Right. Yeah, you can override that. Christina with um, doing yeah. labor support with not even partners, but parents. It's oh. really important of whoever you leave let in your field as a pregnant woman because we're so sensitive, right? And, you know, it's heightened. And I remember one birth where it was the father. I think they were, the, the, the woman was living with her father or the family nearby, but the father was so anxious that it, it ended up in a similar um, set of circumstances. So it's, it's so important as women that we stay clear and attuned and in our own energy. And, you know, obviously the, the key would be being with partners that are supportive that, but, but the reality is that many women are in relationships where they haven't been where they, you know, and that's an issue coming up today with yeah. what's going on in the world, mm -hmm. even around the injection of poisons into our children's bodies. So that who we choose to, bring children into the world with is, is such a, a big yes. decision. That's part of that conscious conception. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Cause really you need to, when people say, Oh, I, you know, the right partner I'd have kids with, please follow that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. Follow that. Because if, if you do not feel aligned and you do not have similar perspectives on how just fundamental things, you know, cause Natural birth is, you know, people get scared. Men get scared, more scared than women. They're like, go to the hospital. They'll know what to do, you know? And, and so you have to choose, if you're choosing, if you want natural birth, if you want this conscious conception and your pregnancy to look very conscious and like for you to be able to do your thing and really thrive, you have to choose a partner that is aligned with that. Because if you don't, unless he wants to work through his issues, with not feeling aligned with it, you know, because th that's a choice too. But yeah, I saw that with my, yeah, I had the, my first husband was choosing to work through his issues unconsciously, yeah. not, not open to it, but in the end became the biggest promoter and, um, of, of home birth, you know, but didn't project his fears onto that. Mm -hmm. or it, there was no room for that because I was so clear. So certain. Um, yeah. So clear. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, yeah, for sure. Unless a man is like overpowering you and you're, you're sensitive already. I mean, there's so and many, I've so many. I've definitely, you know, met a lot of women who were in those kinds of relationships and, mm -hmm. and still to the day where, where, you know, there's so many families not together. It's just, it's really hard with all the decisions we need to make as parents. Um, there's a lot of pain around those, those kinds of decisions, but so you end up in Austin. You yes, back to, to that. Yeah, went to the house and stayed there for a month or something. Yeah, but it was interesting because I think I had calculated wrong and in relation to when my, like, because I got pregnant before I even had a cycle from last birth. So they were on top of each other. So I calculated it wrong. So I thought, oh, we have plenty of time, but ended up birthing a few days before we had to be out of the home. 
And so, but it's okay. We ended up in a hotel and then we drove back to Los Angeles. It was all good. Like there was a level of flexibility. There has to be, you know, I mean, it's like you have an idea, right? And then that's part of it is having the clarity, but then allowing that, like you said, the flow and the universe to like, we have to always be listening. It's, and that's part of the surrender as, as mothers, mm-hmm. when we become mothers, transitioning is surrendering, right? Like letting go of control. And it, that's always an ongoing yeah. practice. <laughs> sure. So, and then, so then we had Galen. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Well, just so, okay. You guys had Galen. Go ahead. Oh. And that. Yeah. And actually when Galen came out, so there was nothing. Okay. This is the thing I want to get across. It did not look perfect at any one of the births in, in relation to um, when Jaden came, before he came out, I started spotting in a way that felt really comfortable. And so I knew I had to kick it into high gear intuition. Like I was, it wasn't this like, you know, people sometimes think, oh, you chose this. So it must've been like such a pleasant, you know, it, it was perfect. It wasn't, you know, I had to work through things as they come, came up in the birth. So I had, I had a moment in Jaden's to go back to that where, you know, it was my first birth. And I said, where's the emergency midwife? And my husband's like, we don't have an emergency midwife, you know? And so he's like, this is it. You, what's here is what you got. And so I looked at him and I'm okay. And I knew something shifted inside of me because it was a long birth something shifted inside of me and I knew I had to, okay, it's time to get the baby out. So anyways, you know, it was not, so just looking back on that one, it wasn't this perfect. I guess it was perfect in that it was imperfect. So then with Galen, um, she came out and her, she wasn't breathing like her nose. Well, she was breathing. She wasn't breathing a hundred percent. So I just kind of, I looked at her, I tuned in, I put my hands on her. I went in space and everything kind of cleared up. Something must have been just happening here. Like we did the suction thing, but it still didn't clear it up. And, um, you know, and so we had her, her birth was, oh, her birth was interesting in that I had an orgasmic birth with her. So, which we did not talk about that. That's but um, <laughs> yes, um, I had such a strong intention, uh, you know, uh, looking, looking back on it, I'm like, uh, was that like a miracle that I had? How did that happen? Cause it was almost like I was not even consciously aware, like how to do it. Like there was no book of like, how do you have, have an organic birth or like, I, I, I was thinking that we, I needed to write that book, but that that's an important book that should be out there. Right. That this is the, I mean, you talked about it. We mm-hmm. talked about the fear, but most people associate birth with pain and they don't know that we can shift those to be pleasurable yes. sensations. I mean, it's the same muscles. It's just kind of backwards a little bit. Um, yeah. But, you know, without getting into too much detail about all that, but, well, and, you know. I mean, think about it. When a woman's laboring and you move them into a different environment, like a hospital or even a different space, it's just like animals in the wild. It doesn't, they don't feel safe. If you don't feel safe and you can't relax, you can't open your pelvis, right? And we know that Mm-mm. pelvis and the jaw, like we need to be able to move, make sounds and be kind of animalistic and yes. in an optimal environment. And it, when you're in a sterile environment, with your, when you're with strangers, none of that is natural. It doesn't allow women to really open up and like unfold. And in birth, and I remember, you know, we would tell women like, 
you know, make out with your partner. The midwives would always say that because that actually the pheromones, all of that stimulates birth and, you know, and actually for sure the ejaculation in a man gets the, the woman going in labor. So all of that is right yeah. on. And, and that's, hospital. yeah, that's what we my husband and I did. We had like made love in the middle of the birth, you know, and, the, and I felt like when we did and he ejaculated inside of me, it was like, it felt like everything was like, Oh, like it literally was a relief. And I think women are probably, they go, when I've told people, and had conversations, especially most women, women were just like, what? Like almost a little confused. Like that seems so uncomfortable. I'm in pain during that process. I'm in pain. How, why wouldn't want somebody sticking anything up there, you know? And I'm like, but they do in the hospital. <laughs> that's true. See, I don't even know that to be quite honest, but yes. Well, always <laughs> sticking things up, right? I mean, so it's just, you know, what, but again, we've been taught that, see, norm, yeah. that this is normalized, right? That that's, it's like, you know, what we've been told is normal birth is the furthest from normal natural birth. Oh, and, and scheduled C-sections. I mean, scheduling your C-section for really maybe a lot of times, no apparent reason, just convenience. I mean, honestly, if something gets me a little fired up, it's a, that I tend not to get, get too, you know, frustrated about things in life, but you're completely changing your child's sort of natural course of existence. And, totally. And well, and that probably is such a trigger for you being a cesarean birth. Like, I, but I mean, I know when we were, you know, talking and trying to get other women, you know, yeah. empowered, talking about empowered birth, the cesarean rate was like one in three. And now it's one. No, it was one in four. And now it's one in three. So the cesarean rate, even though we have more knowledge, being 30 years later, we have a higher cesarean rate. And that is because of the convenience. And, and back then in the day, they were letting women who had cesareans have a VBAC, a vaginal birth after cesarean, but now they're not. So when you go in and you're the first birth is a cesarean, that means all of your births are. And, and that increases your risk of death actually having multiple cesareans. The cesarean is a surgery. It's like, you know, so I, I don't think that's been downplayed and minimized. People don't understand how serious it is. And then you get the postpartum depression yeah. and all that. So I think you're mm -hmm. like speaking to like what your birth experience is. You have that cellular memory. Mine was a, um, my mother was on like that twilight sleep, you know, which they don't mm -hmm. use, but like totally unconscious strapped down to a table. And I was like a forceps baby where they, you know, like numb, she was numb. Yeah. Numbed and they had to pull you out with the forceps. So it was just, I do think our births impact us absolutely yeah. and like how we bring children to the world that was my my big thing too is like what is what are we creating for this child when they come into the world yeah. is it, is it a peaceful non-traumatic environment and that 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 moment is replayed I mean that's why so many people do rebirthing and all these things trying to work through their birth trauma yes yes because there's so much trauma there for sure I I had to do that I mean I went through a lot of healing work and that see that's the thing I went through a lot of healing work around my traumatic birth before I even had Jaden and yeah. I think that to my to the point you have to be willing to choose you know, yourself and to look at yourself and, and to look at your different things that are triggering and things that you have to work through and want to know, you need to want to know and see yourself and want to move through things and right. to, to, to choose something 
that because it, it's going to be harder if you're like you said if you're going through a natural birth and now this like this wonderful it's going to be harder if you and sometimes you won't do it if you don't work through this beforehand or during or you know allow yourself well, and, to process and ultimate christina like i mean we could bring a lot of peace onto the planet if people were coming into the world peacefully and consciously like i mean mm -hmm. that's the thing that we know and that's why and that was Janine's real thing. Like we heal the earth through birth. And that's why I call this mm. earth birth. We are healing the earth in the ways that we choose yes. to give birth. And we have that power as women and the choices and the that we bring these souls in. It's that powerful to me. That's why this is the beginning. Like this is the most important conversation of all with so much going on in the world. I mean, we can talk about how we're gonna parent and do this and that, but this moment is so precious that it does have, mm -hmm. you know, impact. and not to say that for all the people that have brought children in not knowing and, you know, have made decisions that have, um, you know, impacted whether they've, you know, been injected or even circumcised. I mean, all of these things that we don't mm -hmm. know as, you know, we were, as we're parenting, it's, this is not to, um, to, you know, get depress anyone. I think the whole idea was empowered. And the la last few podcasts I've been on, people have been asking me about my births. So I thought this is a time to have a conversation for all those people out there that are conceiving as we're bringing in these new souls, these future generations yeah. that, because we need that consciousness right now. Yes. On the planet. Humanity needs it now more than ever. 100%. And, and any time I had, you know, I had helped women through the process of their issues before they gave birth. And, and also, sometimes I would show up at their births, not as a doula, just as like a coach and this and that. But, but I, I feel like the number one question that I ended up getting asked a lot of the times was, you know, women want to do this. This is the point I'm trying to make. Women want, most women, most women want to naturally birth, whether that's with a midwife, you know, I believe that. And I would have women ask, how can I free birth? Can I free birth like you? And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what, you, you got to step back. Like you, you, I'm not saying that's for everyone. Just like, I know that's not what you're saying, but like the right. natural, just having that natural birth where you have a support system, you know, around you that feels good, that feels aligned, whatever that may look like. And if you are certain you can rebirth, great. Like then what your job is at that point is to go inside and do what it takes for you to move through anything that will block you from having that free birth. That is exactly. your job in that moment. Um, exactly. But yeah. Oh, okay. Should we go back to the, our, my two other births? <laughs> I just realized. Yeah. Um yeah, I was just, I mean, while you're talking about it, just, I wanted oh, so yes. in the chapter in my book, I'm, I put in a quote from Janine because she had okay. written a lot. Um, but one of the things that she didn't get written before or published before she passed away, because she passed away um, at young, too young. But she said, and she would call it the, the woman, you know, like one manual necessary for giving birth in freedom is already written in your cells. Programmed into every fertile being is the impetus toward conception, one's chance for mortality. Not everyone can leave a legacy which endures as long as a family name. This is natural, an expression of our nature to know how to conceive a baby, often without even being aware that we are. Yet, when it comes down to giving birth, we forget that there is another deeply vested interest in the birth, the baby. The baby based on 
results wants to come to earth. As conception happens without our full knowledge of embryo embryogenic details, so can birth happen without obstacle, obstetrical judgments. How? The baby and placenta choreograph the dance of birth. I love that she called it. She says it's an impromptu dance, more like contact theater, more free form than blocked off on a stage with precise movements. Mm. Midwife doctors like to be in charge of monitoring the moves, yet how can a director keep rehearsing the show through the opening night performance? So it's just some of her like, you know, metaphors are, are so, you know, yeah, they're, so that's you beautiful. did your birth. So you have the, the second one was born in Austin. You guys yeah. make so, it back to LA. Yeah, we did, you know, quite quickly after she was born just because of the timing of everything. But uh, it, it, all of it was pretty easeful in relation to like, when you trust what you're doing, then things align. Right. And when you feel, and that's the thing, it's like getting caught up in all the details. It's like, if you know, in your heart, it's something you need to do, you do it just like, so my third birth was interesting because, you know, we didn't live in the ocean. We lived about 30, you know, 20 minutes from the ocean. And I, I was, I was fixated on being right next to the water when I had her. Cause oh, well, that's the other thing with all my babies. I knew the, the, the sex of the baby, not because I did any testing. Cause I didn't, it was because I could feel their names. I could feel their, their being inside of me, you know? So it was, I already had their names picked out and it was, uh, you know, it was always aligned and, and all of that. Um, because it was intuitive, right? It was, it was that feeling. Um, so with Bella, uh, I went to a hotel <laughs> and um, got a big enough room. Uh, my birthing room was a accessible room hotel. That was my birthing room. And <laughs> we put a birthing. So I did all my births in water, which I did miss saying. Um, but so I, we put this birthing tub into the bathroom. Uh, the tub was not there. It wasn't big enough, the whole situation. So we had to bring the small birthing tub. Um, and you know, we're packing in there. We're near the ocean though. And that's what mattered. I had to have her near the ocean and that's all that mattered. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a ton of money at our disposal to go have a, you know, get a, a beach house for the next two months or something. But we we did what we could do, you know, which was, OK, we're going to go into hotel for two weeks. Um, and uh, we in Redondo Beach and we had her, you know, the time was perfect. The day I saw her having her, we had um, her birth was. She, her name's Bella Ain, and I would say if I were to give you a perfect birth, it would be hers. Um, only because nothing felt, it was maybe two hours. It's like I went into that birthing process and started having, I like to call them like sensations instead of contractions. You know, I had sensations and, um, and I went with those sensations and I was dancing and like being playful. And I was also making noises. Like I think the perfect vision when I was like in some zone or something or, or like, or just out in nature with water, but like very, like, I felt like an Amazon goddess or something while I was birthing her, which was, so, I was like, oh, yes. That's so we funny. I had one of those <laughs> visions with mine. Like I just had this vision of like, I wanted to um, attach something to the ceiling so I could just like, yeah. Birth. <laughs> like you know you 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 I felt I feel you like it was just like such yeah. I was so powered 
it, it was such an empowerment. And she's, yeah, I mean, she's a reflection of that 100%. But so mm -hmm. I'm making all these noises. It's one in the morning. This is the thing. It was not a perfect scenario, believe you me, but it was perfect for me. So we had music going and this and that. And I get a knock on the door from the security guard. Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me. And like, I was like, I look at my husband. He's like, you go because it's going to look bad. You're like, someone did reported the noises and they were not like normal noises. So I watched the door, like kind of like put a towel on me because I grabbed a towel. I was a kid, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And actually in that moment, this was the interesting, I had a contraction come up like, or, or like what you call a contraction, a sensation. And I, I went, Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. You know, we were just, and he thought we were obviously having sex or engaging, you know, in some sort of intimate activity. And he's like, Oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Just keep it down. I got complaints. You know, we got complaints from next door neighbors. You're attached, you know, and we're, I, I go, okay, thanks. Okay. Bye. And I, you know, close the door. Cause in that moment, what would they have done? Called an ambulance they would have yeah. rushed me to a hospital. I, I mean, there's no law. Against, the reason there's no law against birthing a baby in a hotel is because nobody would do it. You know? <laughs> right. Because I, I don't believe there is a law, but, or, so you, you know, walked in pregnant and you walked out with a baby. Yeah. You know, and I, I remember the one girl at the front desk, she kind of was like, I mean, did they, she's probably thinking you went, maybe you went to a hospital, but we had duffel bags of things and we had a garbage can like down like he was throwing my husband was like throwing garbage like because you know you have all this like whatever the bleeding happens and you have the liner of the pool and where are you going to flush everything so we had to bring a sump pump I mean it was a whole it was a, it was a whole thing and with that birth honestly I did most alone, I would say. Gabriel there. My husband was there, but alone from the perspective of he kind of fell asleep. I filled up the, the tub while I was going through all these sensations. You know, I did all of that. I said, Hey, I think she's coming. And, you know, I was I was in my he was sleeping through me, going, ah, you know, he was sleeping through everything. I'm like, I wake up. And he, you know, and he did because I was feeling close when the security guard came. I could feel the closeness of the birth. So I had just kind of woken him up and uh, I went into the pool and the, the birthing pool. And it was it was literally like it felt like one just I didn't even feel a push. It was almost an allowing with her. The other ones I felt like I was like, like, like <laughs> that kind of energy. But with her, I feel like I allowed an it was an allowing it was like a surrendering and 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 it was different and she came out and I just kind of looked at her and I'm like oh hi I know you you know and all of them were right away on the boob you know and um so that was a really magical birth um my last one yeah, was my amazing and that last yeah, one was, was my hardest uh um, traumatic heart sorry not hardest from like what you would say, like, oh, it was so hard. No, not that perspective. It was the most traumatic for me. And I believe now looking back on it, it was because I had something more to work through. She was born on my mom's birthday and two weeks late from the time that we had expect we had expected her. I was definitely overdue with that one. The, the second one, I, I did miscalculate, but her percent I was, you know, two weeks. And that's another point right there. When you're two weeks, when you're a week, they're pushing. We got to get them out. 
we got to end you. We got to do this. We got it. The baby's going to get too big. You're not going to, you know, there's, I mean, as you know, there's all these fears oh, yeah. that get projected. So, but, so she was two weeks, quote unquote, late. And I just say that from the perspective of the timing. So not late, because I believe she came in the perfect time. Right. But based on what I, you know, it probably the alignment of, of when originally she was going to come and, but you she was born on my been scheduled, Christina. hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, I, she was, so my mom and I, you know, she died when I was young. So it was very significant that she would be born. I felt like it was me working through some of my trauma around losing her so young. And it was all a part of that, but I didn't see that until the day I was, yeah, almost like it was the day she, I didn't see it beforehand. You know, it wasn't something I was like, oh, I'm going to work through this. Da, da, da. Right. But when, when I, my water broke, so this is an interesting fact, which I don't know if I didn't know this, even in the last one, I knew it after the last one, when your water, your water breaking is not the normal before you go into labor. Like, you know, people say, oh, your water's going to break before, you know, you see the movies where the wind's water breaks or whatever. And I, and I was told after that, that's actually not what generally happens. The water breaks during the birth process, you know, or even right before birth sometimes. And that right. was my experience with my first three. And I didn't even know that I was just like in the moment of it, you know? And so my water broke before I was in labor, which was a sign. Something was a little bit off. And, um, I was not in, I was not in the process. Honestly, I, I it was like, hidden it was sometimes I felt sensations but my water had broke which was like okay well shouldn't I be feeling something and you know I contacted a midwife that I knew who I I I really liked this midwife I'd met her after during Bella's pregnancy and she's amazing and um she she uh said you know there's something off because I started discharging you know and um weird kind of greenish discharge and she's like well that's not good. You know, there was this whole conversation that took place. She's like, I know you does three, you know, unassisted births. And she was kind of worried because she's, she knew me. She's like, uh, I know you don't want to go to the hospital or, but if somebody was doing the things you're doing right now, I probably would send them to the doctor I work with. And she probably wouldn't have even, you know, assisted at that point. Or so I kind of turned to my husband and honestly, I was like, oh, I need to go pull some angel cards. <laughs> Let's see, crazy. like go pull some angel cards. It was very random. My husband's like, okay, good. You know, cause he knew me. Hey, let's go pull cards. You know, this is again, intuitive, right? So this was, mind you, this was eight hours in to after water. So I was sitting and I was sitting in meditation. I was sitting in stillness, all of it. And, um, I went and I pulled a card. I pulled Archangel Gabriel, which my husband's name is a Gabriel. And he feels like an archangel, like an incarnate, like that's the feeling I get. And I thought, I looked at him and he looked at me and we kind of locked eyes and he goes, you got this. And, and he didn't even see the card I pulled. You know, I was just like, you got this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, um, but he did a moment pause and this is notable. He said to me, which this is very notable before I'd pulled the card, he said, you know, you may need to make a choice. And then that's when I said, I need to pull a card because he looks at me and goes, there's a chance that the baby, you or the baby are going to, 
you know, not be okay is kind of how he phrased it because he could feel in his, in his heart intuitively. He wasn't saying it from fear because I know him. He, he does not go into that. He was saying it from the perspective he could feel something was off. So pulled the card and looked at him and I went, okay, this baby's coming out. We're both going to come out of this alive and everybody is going to be okay. So I go, what do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? And I was led walk back and forth, walk back. And forth. I was in an apartment in West Hollywood. Um, it was like five at night or six at night at this point. I had been going through this the whole day. No, no, no contractions or sensations, nothing hardly, just a little bit here and there. And I went, you know what, we're going to have her. So I paced back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it was a good 20 minutes and I was visualizing her coming out of my birthing canal. And then all of a sudden the vision came up of my mom. The vision came up of processing my mom, my mom's death. And like, I was going through the, through going through that as I was going through the birth. And I'm like, this is intense. Like, you know, and, um, but I was doing it and I was focused and, um, she suddenly I could feel the, the sensation to push or the sensation to allow, you know, at that, at that moment, it was not really an allowing. It was more of a pushing again. So this is the thing. It's like, sure. My third was all perfect and wonderful, but then, you know, with the fourth. So I was led to go in the tub. The tub was there prepared. Uh, I felt the sensation. I went into the tub and all I could hear in my head was one push, one push and out, one push and out, one push and out. And I went in, I had that, that feeling. I, I went like my, took a deep breath out and on the out, I just went out, 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 like it was the most out breath I could imagine. She came out and the cord was wrapped around her neck. So she was in trauma. She was in some sort of trauma and I could feel it, but I could also feel I could get through it. Cause what I knew if I went to that hospital, I mean, Cedars was one of the best hospitals. I could have went right down the road to this amazing hospital. What they would have done is amazing, quote unquote. <laughs> um, but what they would have done was sliced me open 100% because my baby's in trauma or, or in danger. You know, there's something going on. And she came out. I immediately focused on her. I'm wrapping like I wasn't caring about anything other than I got to get this quarter off on, around her neck. And I looked at her and she was a little bit discolored, a little bit. She was breathing. She was on is the she wasn't, you know, there's was no CPR or anything, whatever needed. Um, but I put her on my, my breast and she immediately I could feel her soul like soul connecting to mine. And it was like this peace came over me and her color all of a sudden turned perfect and everything was okay. <laughs> and so it was amazing. But it was traumatic in the moment, you know, and, and this is where I think, you know, going back to, you know, had I not have chosen looking it within and only looking at the circumstances would end up in a hospital, it would have ended in a hospital situation, hundred percent, you know, um, and, and also traumatic probably from the perspective of like, the cutting, the, this, the seat, you know, all the things that would have happened. And, and I back and I feel so blessed that I was let like being led is the number one thing, allowing your, allowing yourself to be led. So yeah. Allowing yourself to be led, but also listening, you know, listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're taking the time to listen because when we go into fear, 
you know, something else takes over, right? Especially if we have other imprinting. And so it's really hard to not just react, you know, to be able to take time to listen and then respond and really have that guidance coming through. And I think we all have access to that and we forget about it. And I think that, mm-hmm. and that's why, again, I think this conversation is so important right now for us to tune mm-hmm. in as mamas to tune in and really listen, to really listen and um, take that guidance, which is our higher self. I mean, however you define that, I know people define it in a lot of ways, but I think that the times ahead mm-hmm. require us to do that, which is why I'm so grateful that I uh, found you as we both migrated to Texas um, and that we can circle around each other and inspire other mamas to mm. continue to listen to their guidance, no matter what choices they've made and how they've given birth, For sure. how they've parented up to this point. And I know we could talk a lot about how we parent and there's so much juiciness to this conversation. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, Christina, it'll only be a half hour. I knew like talking about birth is never. (laughs) But I think a lot of people will get a lot out of this. And I know that, you know, I'd love to have more conversations. We'll share this and see, you know, because this is, this is really important for these times and what we're preparing for ahead of how, how are we raising our children Mm -hmm. um, and being able to listen, to model that and mentor that to our children and, listening to their intuition. And I think one way is by, um, I, my hope mm-hmm. is by giving birth and bringing our children into the world, that was the imprint that they'll return to on listening. Cause it was us as moms listening to them, right? Communicating to us how they want yeah. to come through us. It's not, it wasn't yes. anything that we, you have to set aside those like, no. well, this is what I want, but it was like, they were communicating to us like, well, you know, why I would have loved to have children somewhere other than Hartford, Connecticut, but that's where that's where they all came through, you know. So I've had all that we all have those fantasies. But anyway, I think this is a really, really inspirational conversation. I appreciate you taking time away from your family to be here and share. And um I would yeah. love more conversations like this. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share. I mean, it's always great to share what I know in this area because, and what my experiences are, because I feel like it can impact people to make more conscious choices, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And that was the intention for this conversation. So thanks everyone for tuning in. If you are interested to hear more of my uh, ideas around birth and parenting, you can definitely check out my book and read it and you can get that at momolution.com and would love to just get conversations going to keep this, this dialogue happening because this is what we have now is the future generations. That's what we have to put all of our energy into. And so I'm really passionate about um, impacting that in whatever way we can. So I look forward to seeing you when I'm back in Texas. Yes. Your hands on. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Thanks Christina. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Take care. Thank you.